Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I want you to open your Bibles up to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to preach for just a few minutes tonight on the Pentecostal dynamic. For those that are a part of the Fresh Start Church family, I've been in a series on Pentecost. What, what makes Pentecostals Pentecostal? And we talked about our distinctive, our Pentecostal distinctive. We talked about our, the Pentecostal dilemma. And tonight, I'm going to talk about Pentecostal dynamic. Pentecostal dynamic. Because what birthed the church is going to sustain the church. Our Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Matthew 3.11 John speaking of Jesus, he said, I baptize you in water unto repentance. But there is one coming and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Notice he didn't say he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and water. He didn't say I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and a river. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and a dove. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and rain. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire and fire and fire. You can't have the spirit without the fire. I've come tonight with a simple message, but I believe a strong assignment. And that is to literally, I said literally, not figuratively, but literally unleash the fire of God in this place. So, Father, we pray that you would help us tonight. Let us hear your voice. Oh, God, let my voice fall, fade into the background. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak to us tonight, oh God. Let this be a crisis moment in our lives that shifts and changes everything. I pray for the dynamic of Pentecost to be released and unleashed in this house. And we thank you for it, Father. And the church shouted. No, I said the church shouted. Give the Lord a praise as you're being seated tonight. 
You know when something is dynamic most likely it's someone or something if it's someone and you say man they're dynamic they're usually you know funny loud excitable enthusiastic by the way if you don't know enthusiastic is a really god word enthuse in god theos god in theos enthusiastic you can't be in god and be boring so when something is dynamic it means changes and energy are moving all around us when you're around dynamic people in a, in, in a place that place is usually filled with activity, energy. When we talk about the Pentecostal dynamic, we're talking about the fact when Holy Spirit is manifesting in a place and the Holy Spirit is manifesting in a people. There's things moving. There's things moving in the atmosphere. There's things moving. Things begin to shift and change. The atmosphere is lifted. When you're in a place where there is dynamic things happening, you don't want to leave. This is the way it was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. That there was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. I love that, and I've been hitting on that, but I want to hit it one more time because, you see, many times we say, everybody says, so it was like a mighty rushing wind, so it really wasn't a, a, a mighty rushing wind. It was just a sound of a mighty rushing wind, but it says it was like, a sound that was like a mighty rushing wind. Do you understand the Holy Spirit's like a lot of things? Like he's like rain. He's like oil. He's like fire. And sometimes when we read that, we think, oh, that just gives us a description of what the Holy Spirit is like. Actually, it's giving us a description on how we can experience the Holy Spirit. So when it says he's like rain, that means I can experience him. That means I can get wet. I can be saturated. And so when it says he came like a mighty rushing wind, I want you to know it was a violent sound. It was a violent wind. There was something dynamic moving around in that room. Like a mighty rushing wind. And tongues of fire set on them. A tongue of fire came in and it began to, to separate and set on each one of them. That's the key tonight. The fire did not just set in one place. It set on each one of them. There's a flame with your name on it, Isaiah says. So you have, you have an opportunity tonight to experience the literal, not figurative. Stop thinking figurative. Think literal tonight. The literal fire of God coming upon you.
I really sense this. I sense God is, is waiting to release the same Pentecostal dynamic tonight that he unleashed in Acts 2 and that he unleashed at 312 Azusa Street. I believe tonight those were literal fires that set upon the people of God. And I'm telling you tonight, there is a literal fire coming. Hallelujah. God is ready to unleash a realm, a Pentecostal dynamic at a level that supersedes Acts 2. I felt that when I was just going over this, because many times we go back, well, we can get what they had. We can get what they had because they were there. Because they were there, we can have it here. But I don't, I don't think we just have to say we're only going to get what they had. I think we can get more. I think we can get more. I think it can be greater. Maybe not in, 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 the, in the quality of it, but in the quantity of it. There was 120 that day. How about 2 million people? I'm just going to preach this into a place tonight where we're ready. <sighs> the last thing, the last thing the church needs today is another, everybody say another, fresh fire conference. What we need is a furious fire confrontation. We don't need just a fresh touch of what we have already had. We need to understand when the wind blew into that room, it was a violent wind. And when that fire came into that room, it was a fire storm. It wasn't some cute little fresh little dab of do ya. It was a Holy Ghost outpouring, burning fire, raging, full of heat, full of heat. Yes? This is what took place. Exactly what took place at Pentecost. Please understand biblically, when you go back through the Old Testament, you understand this was not the first time that the Holy Spirit manifested in wind. It was not the first time that he manifested in fire. It wasn't even the first time that he manifested in tongues. But it was the first time that all three manifested at one time. Oh, y'all ain't hearing the preacher right now. What I'm trying to tell you is on that Pentecost Sunday, something happened that had never happened before. There was fire, there was wind, there was tongues. It, it never had been that intense before. It had never been that powerful before. And I'm saying tonight, get ready, because something we have never had before is getting ready to be released over his church. It, 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 it's, it's like 
Pentecost. You say, why are you talking about Pentecost so much? That was two weeks ago. Because we have an assignment. To get the fire back in Pentecost. It's like Pentecost was this perfect firestorm. See, a perfect storm is when, when a, a, a multiple weather fronts, multiple weather fronts collide, creating a vicious storm. In Pentecost, there was wind, there was fire, there was tongues. It created a vicious storm. And when that storm came, it shifted everything. It gave birth to the church. And we have been saying, along with many others for many years, that what God began with, he's going to end with. If he, ended, if he began by giving a birth, out of fire and wind and tongues, then I believe that he's going to end with a church that is being rebirthed with the fire and the wind and tongues. Yes, I said tongue. What are you talking about tongues? Because we can't, if you're going to have fire and you're going to have wind, you're going to have tongues. If you shut the tongues down, your fire and your wind are going to die. I'm going somewhere. You know, fire and wind, fire and wind. God chose sovereignly to release on the day of Pentecost fire and wind. These make a dangerous combination. For those of us that live in a drought-stricken desert, we know the deadly combination of fire and wind. Because you can take one small flame and turn it into a blazing inferno in the matter of minutes. When fire and wind come together, it's dangerous. You see, see, see the, when you combine these forces which gave birth to the church, fire and wind, fire and wind, and when the fire and the wind came, it produced a tongue-talking people who carried the fire. When you, when you talk about wind and fire, you're not really, really identifying the modern church today. You, you really don't identify the modern church with terms like wind and fire. There's very few places, churches you would walk into, the Pentecostal churches. That's who I'm preaching to in case you're confused. There's very few of them that you walk into today and you think, oh, this place is full of wind and fire. Matter of fact, there's, there's very few of you walk into a place and you say, this church is full of wind and fire and tongues. It just doesn't fit today. Wind and fire doesn't fit. But the Hebrew word for these symbols of wind and fire is presence and power. When you go through the Old Testament, it's presence and power. But this is not what we really think of today, right? Very few people go into a church and that's what they look for. That's what they expect. I expect to go there and find wind and fire. 
and tongue-talking people. Because that's not what you expect. We, 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 we think more on the terms of a one-hour service. We, we think on the terms of a Sunday morning filled with nice people, a prelude, a postlude, that's worship, a 20-minute message that's following a 20-minute worship set ending with a, a pre-written prayer. That don't sound like wind and fire. I can't get no help in this place tonight. I, I, just, I just find it a little ironic tonight that the church is thought of as being predictable in a nice, boring way. Was born in the fire and in the wind. Born in the fire and in the wind. I'm saying that because you see, if we're going to continue to sustain revival in this house and sustain revival in your house and in your life and in your marriage and in your family, we're going to have to understand. We're going to have to learn how to live in the wind and the fire. Jesus said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. If I'm going to live in the spirit, I've got to learn to live in the fire. Somebody shout fire. So the wind and the fire at Pentecost changed everything. And oh, how we need the fire to fall and the wind to blow again. Once again, when we think about wind and fire, we think about really what's exactly opposite in the American church today. Because wind and fire are unpredictable, uncontrollable. And unstoppable. You know what we need today? Is we need the church to be dangerous again. We have gotten way too safe. We have gotten way too safe. I said we have gotten way too safe. I don't know who ever come out. See, 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 Holy Spirit is sensitive, but it never says he's safe. It never says he's safe. When real Holy Ghost shows up, it's not safe for anybody. I said, it's not safe for anybody. You can be the deepest and the darkest sinner in the house, but you ain't safe because Holy Ghost can come after you any moment, at any time. He can shift anything over your life at any moment and any time. We got to get dangerous again. I find it interesting. Jesus said something in Luke chapter 12, verse 49. He said, I came to send fire on the earth and how I wished it was already kindled. But what's this? In the passage translation, he said it like this. I have come to set the earth on fire <clears throat> and how I long for every heart to be already ablaze with the fiery passion for God. <clears throat> Jesus said, I have come to send and to set a fire. A fire that would burn on the inside of the people of God. This, 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 this is somewhat of an unorthodox statement. Jesus 
is saying something here that is profound. He said, I have come to send and to set a fire. But if you continue on in the text, he said, first, I must be immersed in judgment. I must be immersed in judgment. What is he talking about? The cross. He said, oh, I burn to make sure there's a blaze burning in the earth. To make sure my church is set on fire. But before this happens, I've got to go to the cross. And then he goes on. He said, I got to go to the cross and I've got to, I've got to endure judgment. Of course, the judgment that he's going to endure is, is our judgment. We are the ones that should be judged by the cross. But Jesus said, I'm going to take your place. And then he said, I got a passion about it. I'm passionate about going to the cross. I, I can't wait to set the church on fire, but I can't wait. I can't wait. I've got to go through the judgment. I've got to go through the cross, and I can't wait to do it. I'm passionate about going there because I know once I go there, then you can burn with a baptism of fire. This is how bad he wanted his church to be on fire. This is why he said, I come to baptize you in the spirit and fire. He said, I will go to the cross. I will take your judgment that you might burn in the presence of your God. Then he said something else. This See, it's, it's, it's an unorthodox statement. And so, by the way, he says, by the way, after I burn, I go to the cross. I burn with passion to see you burn with passion. And by the way, it's not going to bring harmony. It's going to bring hostility. Brother against brother, sister against sister. He said it's going to mess everything up. The fire messes everything up. Ah, the fire. See, when, when churches really get on fire, you know you're on fire. When, when it creates hostility from the religious, you know, you know, you know. Even those that said they believe the same thing you believe, they're chasing the same thing you chase. But when the fire comes, they'll look at you and they will criticize you. They will become hostile towards you. Jesus said, it's all right. It's all right. Let the fire burn anyway. You see, for all those that's wanting peace and harmony, when the fire comes, it separates. There's coming a separation in the body of Christ. There's coming those that choose the fire over form. Can we hear the word of the Lord tonight? You see, Jesus... The fire starter is drawing a line in the proverbial scent of dead, dry formalism. He is bringing a deep demarcation in the Pentecostal church. You know what we're confused about? We think because we have all the lights. 
and all the music and all the fancy things that make our preaching exciting all our stories and all our videos and all these things that we have around us all of these trappings we think that we are not religious or formal we think because we have all of these things that we we are on the cutting edge we're not on the cutting edge of anything you've got to understand anything that is done without holy ghost fire is formalism it can look as good as you want it to look. You can make it slick as you want to make it slick. You can do everything you want with it. But unless it's got fire on it, it means nothing. It's dead. It's dry. I choose the fire over the form. The question I've come to ask you tonight in this room Shall we bow to orthodoxy? Which means to conform to what is generally and traditionally accepted as right and wrong or true. Or shall we tonight receive a furious fire which is contrary to the usually acceptable and approved? I choose the fire. I choose the fire. Does anybody in this room choose the fire? I choose the fire. It's time to stop letting the lukewarm, downright cold, cold decide what church is supposed to look like. And it's time to let those that are burning under the fire say this is what it should be like. Let them say what they want to say. I choose the fire. Watch me now. I have an article. I've been on a roll the last few weeks with articles. This article is by, he's a good guy. He's on our side. I'm going to give you his name to protect the innocent. I started just to preach what he said. And I thought, no, he says it too well. And I, I would probably mess it up. This is an article that, that this guy or gal, whoever. <laughs> it begins with a question was posted on a local Facebook group. Okay, okay, so this is the question. Where can I find an on-fire church, dot, 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 with no tongues? Real, this is real. That was the question. This was the answer. Nowhere. You can't have fire without tongues.
So the name, the name of this article is, 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 is I'm not going to tell you because then you'll Google it. He goes on to say this, of course, it is entirely possible to find a church that is vibrant and passionate about Jesus without the gift of tongues in operation. There are many such places where you can connect, grow, and enjoy godly relationships. You can serve, go on a mission trip, study the Bible together, experience an emotional, satisfying community of faith. There are such churches represented by most every authentic Christian denomination or non-denomination. However, I pause for emphasis. However, the individual wasn't asking about vibrant churches. They specifically sought out an on fire church. I maintain my contention that it is impossible to find a church that is authentically on fire without tongues manifesting. And this revivalist said it so well. There is an immeasurably difference between a vibrant community of faith and the one that is marked by fire of the Holy Spirit. When the church is birthed and bathed in fervent supernatural prayer and in limited room given for the Holy Spirit to blow and burn in their midst, the resulting fire is, is indes- indescribable, incomparable, otherworldly. To be on fire is not to be emotionally excited. It is to be consumed by a biblical fire. It is a spiritual reality. The spirit of God breathed in and through us and ignites a supernatural flame that describes description. Simply, there is an anointing that rests on churches that embrace the gift of tongues. You'll notice in Acts 2, uh, the tongues of fire rested on every one of them and they were all 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 filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues and on fire church and Acts 2 church where all have the opportunity to be baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit and in fact a true on fire church will manifest groans of intercession and supernatural releases of God moving through everyone in the building I say I choose the fire Stop watering down what a church on fire is. It is filled with passionate, burning, burning, burning people of God. When I read that, it grieved me. It grieved me. Why would someone think they would find an on-fire church without Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I wondered, does this quench the spirit? Isaiah quoted it. I already had it in my notes. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Do not quench the spirit. Y'all need to get that camera right over here because I got something to say in just a minute. Just, I got a minute, but I'll be right over. 
not quench the spirit. One verse. Do not quench the spirit. If we look at the context of 1 Thessalonians 5.19, we see that Paul is dealing with an issue of an overreach in the church. Most likely Thessalonica, the church. Most likely they were dealing with false prophets. There were people coming in and giving false prophecies. So they said, how are we going to deal with this? Well, apparently they decided we were just going to stop. We're going to extinguish the manifestation of the spirit. But Paul and his apostolic authority said, listen, I know there's been false prophecies that have been released. But in your attempt to keep it real, in your attempt to keep it authentic, you have literally put a chokehold. Guess what the word means? Quench. Put a chokehold to grab somebody around the throat so they cannot breathe. So they cannot take in air and loose air. They cannot, they cannot speak. You see, when you quench the Holy Spirit, it's like you put a chokehold on him and he can't do what he's, what he's supposed to do. He can't do what he's supposed to do. Matter of fact, the literal translation of 519 First Thessalonians is stop putting out the Spirit's fire. Stop putting out the Spirit's fire. He's saying, listen, it's, 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 you, it's not that we need to extinguish the Spirit, but we need to distinguish the Spirit. We need to be able to discern what's right and what's wrong because you have to understand not only were there false prophets, there's false fire. Our Bible is very clear. In the end time, there will be signs, there will be wonders that will be performed by demonic powers. They will come to deceive and they will come and deceive. But he said, listen, when that time comes, do not distinguish so some people have taken this as permission to distinguish, to keep control. Well, I would like the Holy Ghost to move, but I can only let him move this far. And I can only give him this much. But you've got to understand, that's choking the life out of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. Uh, we've got to stop it. And this is what I have come to say. I come to speak to every apostle oh, with all the apostolic authority that I can muster up tonight I have come to speak to every apostle I have come to speak to every prophet I have come to speak to every evangelist I have come to speak to every pastor and every teacher and every bishop stop choking out the life of the spirit stop stop for the sake of a generation, for the sake of a nation, for the sake of the church of Jesus Christ. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Get your hands off his throat. Let him have his way. It's gotta stop. The nonsense has got to stop. The silliness has got to stop. The placating has got to stop. Going in and out and acting like we're doing something and we won't let the Holy Ghost move. Let him go. Fresh Star Church, let him go. Unleash the fire. Unleash the fire. Stop choking out the fire. Unleash the fire.
You can sit down. I'm almost done. Because I just come to unleash the fire today. Stop putting out the fire. I hear the Holy Spirit. I scream it, but I hear the Holy Spirit weeping. Stop. 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 See, how do we quench the Spirit? We quench the Spirit because we we're afraid. Fear grips our hearts. We're afraid. What, what will he do? Listen to me. You never have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. What if it's not real? We'll figure it out. My wife's granddaddy used to say, I'd rather have wildfire than no fire. What if the unauthentic gets in? Well, we'll distinguish that. We'll put it out. But I'm not going to stop having the moving of the Holy Spirit just because it's the weird people out there. I refuse to let the weird ones stop me from having the reality and the authentic move of God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You see, that's what the Bible says. It says in the end time, there's going to be a counterfeit. There's going to be, so if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know about this stuff, fire, fire stuff. But you see, there's going to be a counterfeit. But the only reason there's going to be a counterfeit is because there's an authentic. The devil doesn't create, initiate anything. He always copies what God's already doing. And I want you to know, prepare in time, church. God's getting ready to unleash a fire. A fire. And you know what? Since, since Jessica was in the room and uh, Catherine you get, and David and David and Kim. Before the fire came on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell him, it's not a style. He ain't releasing a style. Somebody said, we, he, he, say, with every move of God, there's a new style. No, it's not a style. It's a sound. It's a sound. It's a sound. Styles come and go, but sounds never stop. They move through and out of eternity, God's getting ready to loose a sound, and on behind the sound is coming a furious fire. Thank you, Lord. What's I talking about? Oh, yeah, being afraid. Never apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, elder. Don't be afraid. Fear his absence. 
more than you fear his manifestation. I can't imagine going, coming into this house and say there's no fire in this place. I fear that. You know how we quench the spirit? We quench the spirit when we ignore him. Someone has said it so well. We have reduced the Godhead to God the Father, God the Son, to Holy Scripture. We put so many things above Holy Spirit. We cannot ignore him any longer. The flame will die out because we put him in a box and ignore his power and his presence. We're literally starving the Holy Spirit of fire of oxygen. We must feed the Holy Spirit's presence with attention. We've ignored him so long. We must learn to give him the attention he deserves. He is precious. He is holy. Holy Spirit, forgive us. If we worshiped right past you, prayed right past you, preached right past you, I don't want to quench you. And you know what? Another way we quench the Holy Spirit is through skepticism. Okay, let me give you a biblical term, unbelief. Unbelief. The children of Israel wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Because our Bible says in Psalms that they limited the Holy One. They limited the Holy One. Through unbelief. You know there is absolutely nothing that the Holy Spirit can do. Nothing. But we limit him by our unbelief. The same way Jesus was limited from doing only a few miracles in his hometown because of unbelief. It wasn't because he was not there. It's because they did not believe in who he was. I believe in Holy Spirit. And I believe he's in this room and I believe he is fire. There were three dynamics and I close. Of the fire. The first one is that fire. When it's manifested 
through the person of the Holy Spirit, literally, it is and it brings unquestionable purity. Fire purifies. Revival purifies. A lot of people don't understand the depth of revival. They only want to see manifestations. Show me something supernatural. Revival contains manifestations. Revival contains supernatural manifestations. But before you ever get to a manifestation, it is a purifying power. See, Holy Spirit wants his revivalists to have unquestionable he wants to go so deep on the inside of us he's going deeper than our surface sin he's going into the very essence of our being and he said I'm going to not just purify the outside of the dish I'm going to purify the inside we're focused many times how clean can I look in reality how clean am I on the inside the purifying Holy Spirit fire before it gets on my head gets down in my inner being and begins to purge and to burn if you don't want to learn how to walk under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit don't seek revival because when you're walking in revival you're walking under the burden of conviction that he is holy and I am not It's Isaiah's burning coal. I've preached this many times around this nation. But you've got to understand this. That when Isaiah said, oh, and the angel brought the burning, the burning coal, the burning coal, the living coal from the altar. He's talking about a living coal. It's the coal that the blood dripped down from the sacrifice onto the coal. And it became a burning living coal. And when the angel picked it up and he brought it to Isaiah, for Isaiah was undone you want to be a revivalist first step be undone I'm undone by his glory I'm undone by his holiness holy holy I will join with the angels holy holy and then he says wait a minute I'm an unclean man with unclean lips among an unclean people and the angel said I got you I got you right here see this coal I'm going to touch your lips why lips he was prophetic he was prophetic the most sanctified surrendered part of Isaiah that he had already laid down before God was his mouth God spoke through his mouth he had sanctified it and God had used it but when he cried out for a greater level of purity he sent the fire to his most sanctified see the place you think you're your best at God said I'm coming after that because it's not as clean as you think it is When the hound of heaven starts rushing after you, get on your face and repent. It's an unquestionable purity. It's about character. Revival releases the character of Jesus into his body. So all this sometimes it gets foolish. We'll take care of that. It's because they haven't been to the place. A fire. The second dynamic is that it is 
works an unquenchable passion. An unquenchable passion. It's about combustibility. Combustibility means, when you say combustion, it means how something ignites. When it's combustible, when it's highly combustible, it easily ignites. When the fire of God comes, it's going to come on a people who are set to burn. I want to be highly combustible in the realm of the spirit. I want God to look at Paul Owens and said, if I drop a flame on him, he's getting ready to erupt in a mighty furious fire. It's like the burning bush of Moses. It burned, but it didn't burn. It burned, but it didn't burn up. See, God wants us to burn, but not burn up. God wants us to burn, but not burn out. If you burn in the glory, burn in the fire, I don't think you're going to burn out. I don't think you're going to burn up. I think you're going to burn on. Let my passion be unquenchable. Last one. When the Holy Spirit comes, one of the, the third dynamic of fire is that it is an unstoppable power. An unstoppable power. Why? Because it is consuming. The fire of God is a consuming fire. What does that mean? That means everything that gets close to it gets sucked into it. Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall, you shall be witnesses unto me. And you shall go into Jerusalem, Samaria, and all the other places to the end of the world. The fire of God is an unstoppable force. It consumes everything it touches. See, when you're on fire and I'm on fire, everywhere we go. Isaiah hit it Saturday night. We need to burn. We need to burn with such intensity. We need to burn. We need to burn. We need to burn that everything around us becomes consumed. That every sinner is consumed. That every sickness is consumed. That every disease is consumed. Every addiction is consumed. We need to walk in the fire. Walk in the fire. Walk in the fire. You see, we talk about living in the spirit and we must. Walk in the spirit. Live in the spirit. But if I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, that means I only walk in the spirit, but I walk in the fire. I walk in the fire. I want to be that much on fire. I don't want to just burn when I'm holding a microphone standing on a stage. I want to burn when I get up in the morning, burn when I go to bed at night. I want to burn when I buy groceries and go to the bank. I want to burn. I want to be a consuming fire because I carry a consuming fire. Get up on your feet and shout, unleash the fire. We must stop putting out 
the Spirit's fire. No more excuses. I've asked Holy Spirit to unleash not a fresh fire. We don't need that. But a furious fire. you to think about what gets, what's getting ready to happen. What you think about? What you think about it? Not a metaphor. Not a simile. A literal spiritual dynamic. Fire. I can't do that. I asked the Lord to help me, but I can't do that. But Jesus, Johnson, will baptize you, immerse you in Holy Spirit and fire. Fire's just as real as Holy Spirit. Step out from your seat. Move to the front of this building. And when you step out, the fire's going to fall. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.